I just think as a society, like we don't take mental health seriously. In that culture, I think men are afraid to look incompetent or not be tough enough. And then they're afraid they might potentially lose their job. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another podcast episode of Changing the Culture Podcast with your host, me, Autumn Clifford. I'm excited to bring to you today's episode. Um, It is featuring two longtime best friends, both Leo wives, uh, both Texas ladies. You'll be able to see Texas in the house. And uh, (laughs) with their Southern drawls, they are funny. They are really informative. I had a blast. Um, They have their own podcast. It's called the Blue Wife Life Podcast. You can check them out on Instagram or you can search their podcast, Blue Wife Life. And uh, I hope that you get some laughs, maybe feel a little reprieve and really enjoy this episode. What's up, ladies? I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Can you please introduce yourself and tell everybody who you are? Yeah, well, I'm Mary. I am one of the co-hosts for Blue Wife Life, and we are excited to be on with you, Autumn. Um, A little bit about me. I'm wife to Stephen. He is in federal law enforcement and has been for about 12 years. We have three kids, two boys and a little baby girl. Um, We have known each other since we were 12. Aww. Which we did not date though until college. Mm-hmm. We dated each other's friends <laughs> before that, so <laughs> you can imagine um, the funny stories that can bring. Um, and we both went to Texas Tech, started dating, got married, rest is history, and we live in Fort Worth, Texas now. And here you are. You know, Mary. Here Jeff. we are. I think I may have known Steven before you because we were on the same team in sixth grade. Yeah, we all were. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We all, Becky, Steven, and I have known each other since we were all, well, 11 is when I met Becky. I knew Becky first, but oh Becky God. and I have been best friends. So the, the unique thing about our podcast is we have been best friends since we were 11 and 12. Um, went to college. Becky and I both went to Texas Tech. We haven't lived in the same city since college, but we've just always stayed really close and then married. Both of our husbands are federal law enforcement, but they didn't know each other. So we just randomly married two guys that went to federal law enforcement. And so that our life has gone in a very odd, um, similar direction. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Mary was the first one I called when I got engaged and like she screamed so loud. It was in the car. My husband proposed to the gas station. That's a story. Oh, yeah. that we are totally going to hear about. <laughs> Listen, I was so happy when that day came. because I didn't think that day was ever going to come. Uh, and so like she screamed so loud that I had ringing in my ear. <laughs> the drive. That's your best friend. Yeah. Aw. Yeah. So Becky, introduce yourself. Okay, that was a pretty massive, uh, massively good intro to follow. So no, no. no. Um, okay, so I'm married to Scott. I've been married for ten years. We also have three kids. I have a my sons and I share a birthday that was just this last week. Birthday. Oh, happy birthday! Thanks. Um, so I have a now seven year old boy, a now three year old boy. 
um, and a five and a half year old little girl and um, proud Texan, like most Texans are. I was going to say, I don't think I've ever met anybody who is not super pumped that they're from Texas. We are obnoxious. We'll admit it. We tattoo like really. Which I was there with her when she got it. (laughs) Yeah. What was the story that I you used to say? I forgot. Well, so Becky and I hung out with my cousin and his best friend, and they went and got tattoos like the guys did our freshman year of college. So Becky was like, "I'm gonna get one too." And I was like, I'll go with you, but I'm not getting one. And so she got it. Can I tell where you have it? Yeah, girl. Okay. She's got a tramp stamp. I was going to say. <laughs> so, so she's like one, 2002, maybe. Yeah. It yeah. was totally in back then. So she's like laying on the table, right? Because it's, mm-hmm. you know, lower back. And she has her hands like she was squeezing him and I think she was like, will you hold my hands? And so she's grabbing my hands and they're like giving, like doing the tattoo. And she goes, I go, no, I go. I said, can you feel your hands? And she was like, yeah, why? And I was like, because I can't like let go. But So now if you ever get it removed, Becky, I'll be there to hold your hands when you, why would I get that removed? <laughs> I do She's that. like, I can't see it. Whatever. I'm over it. Yeah. My husband. <laughs> because my she's so died. proud of Texas. Yeah. But I am getting it removed. I am. That is my plan. Really? Yeah. I go through different phases, though, where I'm like, well, maybe I'll get this one. I'm just not a person that should get a tattoo. I change my mind all the time. Typical woman, right? Like all of us can't make, can't make a decision. <laughs> I'm, you know, I change, I change my mood. I change what I want to do by the day. Really honest. That's really what I do. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. So real quickly, tell us a little bit about your podcast because I'm sure my peeps need to go over and hear it. So tell us about it. So we started this, we kind of have two different reasons, but basically we got really tired of hearing all the nonsense that people were saying about law enforcement officers. And so we thought, you know, this would be such a great outlet for wives of officers who don't really um, know how to handle that life so much. And um, so we decided we're an interview show. It's not just us talking the whole time. We interview people that are experts in the field. So maybe you're a counselor, maybe you're um, a first responder yourself, have an amazing story, or we just want it to be uplifting and encouraging, but also honest and real. Mm-hmm. I love it. So what's the name of it? Blue Wife Life Podcast. And like Becky said, we're an interview show. And I would say we're about 50-50. Some of the topics directly relate to law enforcement life. And some honestly have nothing to do with it. It's just what we think is really interesting and can encourage wives or make make wives feel less alone. Mm. So we, um, like we were talking in the pre-show autumn, we were just chatting about how we decided, like, do we think this is interesting? Would we talk about this at happy hour Mm -hmm. or on the phone? You know, that's, we're trying to create that for other wives out there that might feel alone. I love that. I love that so much. And that's really why I wanted to have you guys on is because I love, I love that. And I love that you're a duo. I love that you guys have been best friends forever. I had no idea. I think that is so cool. 
Um, I think your show is really cool. So um, Sheepdogs, head over there, go see them. The, their link will be in the show notes so you can just scroll down. But you can go find them on Instagram and they're really cool. I love their page. You guys are always having it popping and it's so pretty. I love your page and how pretty it is. And you're loving Oh, gosh, thank you. We're like, that, you need to come talk to us every day. You're like our little <laughs> cheerleader. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Um, that's why I have to have the podcast. I have to be honest with you. I'm trying to be everyone's cheerleader nowadays. I want to ask you ladies something. Um, so the big thing with my podcast, you know, what my big movement really is, and I know you know this, but I'm going to go over this for anybody who might be brand new to me is, um, you know, I just, I just, um, what the hell is it even called? I just rebranded. I was going to say, I just reinvented myself. (laughs) I essentially did that too. Um, but I rebranded and I, and I, called my podcast now changing the culture and I'll tell you why is because I really believe that the culture needs to change and we um pre-show we discussed that between the both of you you have like what like 22 24 years of being police wives together um between the both of you and so I mean you've seen a lot of things you may not be on the road but I think we all know our husbands come home and and they just let loose on us and so we know a lot about what's going on and I think, I think that, like, I just want to make a note, like, never underestimate the power or the knowledge of a police wife. Because let me tell you, my, my husband's, um, his section calls me the lieutenant because I, <laughs> I freaking know, I know what's going on. <laughs> so, uh, like, yeah. we'll be all like get togethers. And I'm like, well, I think you need to do this, 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 and this. And they're like, okay, LT. I'm like, yeah, no <laughs> but, um, I want to, I want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, your perspective on police culture and how we can change it for the better and what the wives specifically can do. So that's really what we're going to be talking about sheepdogs in today's um, episode. And so ladies, what do you, what have you seen for the culture? Like what, what would, what have you seen that needs that you believe needs to shift? So for me, my husband, I've never known him outside of law enforcement, so I couldn't tell you if he's changed or not, but I hear that a lot from other wives that their husband has changed and they're not exactly sure how to communicate. And yeah. I think that's because of the stresses and what they say, see day in and day out. Um, and how does anybody know how to cope with that? You know, much less that share that with your family when maybe you don't want to bring it home because you need an escape, right? And you just don't want to rehash it. Mm-hmm. Or because maybe you think like, I don't want my wife to know. I want to protect her, you know, mm-hmm. from this negative world. Yeah. And did that answer uh, didn't answer the question. Mary, you take it away. No, but I like that. No, no, no. I really I really like what you had to say about that. And I think here's what I think is I think that that's a discussion that needs to happen is as an officer, do, do we protect our spouses? Do they, do they try to protect spouses or, you know, and I can say, speaking from an officer, um, I never, ever try to protect my spouse because he's a cop, but I can say that I have always tried to protect my family, specifically mm-hmm. like my mom and my dad. I never mm-hmm. wanted them to know anything. Um, you know, and I, and like, I can say like, even today, like we'll go, like there'll be like a really bad crash or there'll be something. And I'll just act completely like I just see them acting like normal people. 
oh my gosh, like what's going on? And I'm like, just keep going, keep going, keep going. Like, don't even look at it. Like, just keep driving, right? And they're like, why are you being so weird? I'm like, because you have no idea what it's like to be on the side of the road and facing that and dealing with that. It's not something you want to gawk at, trust me. Because like, you you know, they haven't dealt with up, haven't dealt with something like that up close Mm -hmm. and personal. And so the question becomes, like in your opinion, what you were just saying, you know, Becky, do 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 you think do you think like it, spouses do like try to protect their spouses like their, their officers? I think my husband definitely does. Um, so I'm a I used to be a counselor, so like I of all people, I'm like talk to me. Let let's talk. We that's what we do. I listen. You talk. That's not my husband's MO. That's just not who he is in general. And so I can't change him into that. Mm-hmm. Ask him about this and uh, before. And he has said that what he feels is important for Leos to have, they need, he said they need good friends. They need somebody. Now he was like, listen, we're not going to have a 40 minute conversation like a woman might, mm-hmm. but a four minute one might do the trick if you mm. say like hey man heard about what happened and they say yeah it was pretty intense and you say okay well let me know if you need anything mm-hmm. then be there for them if they do you yep. know yep I love that I back to your original question uh it kind of cut out on me but um I think you were asking have you seen your spouse change in law yeah. enforcement is that what you yeah so I um, did. I have seen my husband change. I married him. He was in a business job. I've also, like I said earlier, have known him for so long since he was a kid. So it's kind of hard for me in one hand because about the time that he went into law enforcement, he was turning 25. So he was kind of shifting into adulthood anyway, and we had just gotten married. So I don't know the line is kind of blurred between what is his job. Mm -hmm. I understand between like, what is his job and everything else? The line was blurred between adulthood and getting his job in law enforcement. So he just got a lot more jaded, a lot Mm. more, I want to say judgmental. Uh, but not in like the way most people would probably think. Mm-hmm. Uh, law enforcement guys probably get that, but um, he he just changed. He wasn't. Ah, it's really hard to put this into words. But he used to be more bright eyed, bushy tailed. Like yeah, he used to be like a glass a glass half full. Now it's half yes. empty, right? Yes, totally. And and uh, my mom has even noticed it. Hmm. Now, let me ask you something. Do you think that, um, do you think that the job change, like, did the job change your husband too, Becky? Like I said, my husband was in the military and then he went into law enforcement. So I have not seen the change. However, my husband Basically, all of his best friends are also in law enforcement. So I think he has a very similar camaraderie. Yeah, yeah. I do have I do have to ask him, though, hey, if something 
if you felt like you needed to talk, do you, would you be open to talking to them? Mm-hmm. I feel like you could, or is it too much of like an, listen, I love me an alpha male, but is it, so I'm not knocking this, but like, is it too much? Is it admitting too much weakness? If you were to say like, listen, I'm not sleeping. I'm not functioning well right now. I'm snapping at my wife. Mm. And he did say he does have friends that he feel like, like he could do that if he needs to. Really? Yeah, does, he? Know, does he know that line? I'm not sure that he knows the line of when he does need to. Yeah. And so like, what do you think like from being like a wife, right? Like what? And, and the reason why I'm asking you these is really specifically is I want, I want husbands to hear this. I want to know if you think that it's important for, um, for wives to know this and to be able to pick out the changes in their, in their officers. Do you think that's important? I mean, you and you and you are, you were a counselor at one point too, right, Becky? So, I mean, like, is that, is that something that like, like wives need to be aware of, you know? I think every wife would say, of course, yes. Yeah. I think that they just have to be able to distinguish the difference between giving your husband a little bit of space and a little bit of grace with maybe he's getting short with you and knowing where that line is between what's appropriate, what's not appropriate, healthy coping skills, like, and what am I saying? Like being able to know when they need to express what they're going through and when yeah. they space. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you were talking about your husband changing, um, Mary, and, and I appreciated everything that you said. One thing that I want to ask, you know, and, and I want to talk about is like from being a police spouse do you see that the culture what what do you see what, what do you ladies see i mean like we kind of been talking about like yeah we see we see changes in our officers we see them shut down they'll be bitchy to us they'll snap at us this and that right but like what what do you think we could like what do you think needs to change in the culture like from being the spouse like what do you hear a lot of from either your husband or like his friends or like when they when you know we all know that when we have get-togethers with other Leos, everyone's talking shop. So, like, we're not even going to freaking pretend like that's not happening. Like, so what do you hear, like, constantly? Like, what is, like, an underlying problem of, like, what's going on in our culture right now? Well, I was actually talking to Stephen about this about an hour before our interview. Um, he has dealt with some, some anxiety and, you know, some worries, some that I know he doesn't let me in on and some that he does. And I think like the ultimate thing for him is that it, in law enforcement in general, like these men and women feel like they have to be so tough, right? Like mm-hmm. I feel like we've made a lot of breakthroughs with counseling just in general. Like people don't look down on it. Like maybe they did 15 years ago, mm-hmm. but maybe in the law enforcement world, you could tell us way more autumn. I feel like maybe it still might be looked down upon for those men or women to ask for help or mm-hmm. are, are they worried they're going to lose their job or, mm-hmm. you know, get put at a desk or, you know, they have a, they carry a gun. So are people going to think, you know, they're not stable if they're dealing with, you know, mental 
issues and our just anxiety in general. And I just think as a society, we're still not, we're still not giving credit to mental health, that that is a really big deal. And like your ultimate goal for your podcast is to bring awareness to these people that are committing suicide, right? Like they're holding it all in and no one's ever like reaching out and saying, I need help. And where we hear if someone is on medicine, we think I, you know, guys are going to think like, Oh, he's, you know, not a real man or he can't handle this. Mm -hmm. You know, women, I don't know that I don't think that about women. I personally am on anxiety medication, Mm -hmm. so clearly I don't judge anyone for that. But I feel like being a woman, it's like a little more acceptable for me to be on meds, right? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I just think as a society, like we don't take mental health seriously. Like we don't. And in that culture, I think men are afraid to look incompetent or not be tough enough. And then they're afraid they might potentially lose their job, right? Oh, yeah, a hundred percent. I hit on a lot of things, um, really, really key things. I think um, you know, a lot of a lot of my clients, a lot of people who I talked to, a lot of first responders are all afraid of losing our job. Like it doesn't matter. Even if you're like, you don't even have to be fucking suicidal. It, it's not even that. It's like, yeah, I'm I'm just having a tough time. Oh, really? Okay, we need to take your gun. <laughs> like what? Like that I think but here's what I think. I think the culture culture has to start to change from the top down. You're talking a lot about, you know, you know, counseling has a bad, has a bad um, rep, right? Well, it wouldn't have such a bad rep if the chief was like, I go to counseling. I love it. I want all my officers to go if you want to. Totally open door. You go. Right? Like, can you, like, and I don't know any personally, but I guarantee there has got to be one like progressive chief out there that's doing something like that and it and think about what that would do that atmosphere what that would do for like the officers you know what i mean they'd feel so so less you know i don't know pressured and and stuff like that i mean now it would be a hundred percent normalized yeah exactly and i don't understand you know i can't figure out how like even officers have for so long and like society as a whole hasn't figured out that when you deal with that kind of trauma day in and day out for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, like how does, how does anybody not expect that shit to fuck you up? Like, I I don't understand. I I can't figure that out for the life of me. And I don't know. Have you seen your husband, like either one of you um, or both of you, did they have like any like cool, like I would say like coping mechanisms that like any officers listening might be able to take away like do they have like routines do you see them do is like when dad comes home does he do this thing does he play the guitar like what is you know like what is what are what do your husbands do becky's husband has a really interesting little hobby um yeah saying that no but i know he for sure it's not really interesting he just needs 10, 15 minutes when he walks in the door to like chill, press. Like I used to joke because I'd be like, well, what was your drive home? How was that drive with like your windows rolled down and jamming? And meanwhile, I got three kids I'm hauling around all the time. What was that? Mm-hmm. Was that? 
and press, but it's totally different. Like he needs to be able to go from talking to what he would say would be like the scum of the earth mm-hmm. most of his day and transition to this like happy where we're like, daddy's home. Yay. I mean, that's like a really big jump. So he just needs like 15 minutes where I'm not on him. Like, even if it's just love you, like he just needs his time. Mm-hmm. Steven is the same. Yeah. He, and I don't even so much that it's right when he walks in, I think he just needs time every day to like zone out and not have to what Becky was saying, just to kind of chill. And he needs like, ideally, I don't even, we don't do it every week because we have three really small children, but he needs like something on his own. He loves to play golf. He likes to go fishing, watch sports. You know, he needs to do something like for him mm-hmm. that like fills him up, you know, um, we're working on that right now <laughs> with uh, a baby still. It's kind of difficult, but yeah. That- he- advice in general though yeah your spouse each of you needs to have your own thing in your own time not everything has to be combined you each have to have something that fills you up you know it's really interesting i love that we're having this conversation because i just got out of i just got out of a client session and talking about this exact same thing right because how many people feel selfish like how many of us were like, oh my God, I'm so selfish, right? Or like we're the we're the spouse, right? And we're like, this fucking asshole. He's been gone. And who does he think he is? Like, I need here, take the kids or whatever, right? Like I haven't experienced that, but I have like a lot of wives who may be like, Oh no, I feel so selfish for being like that, yet I need that, yet I don't know what to do. And so, like, what would be your piece of advice to like a wife who like would what's your advice to like helping, you know, the the spouse? to like decompress or like what, what did you guys develop? Did you just have conversation or did you not have conversation and you just know it? Like, how is that? I've had to have a lot of conversations with my husband. Like, this is what I want. This is what I need. Vice versa. I feel like Becky and Scott much better at like, they've always done that. Like the culture of their marriage is like, they go do their own things a lot and they're really good at that. Like girls trips, guys trips, Steven and I love to do a ton together. So we have to like be very intentional about you go do your thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think for, for Becky and I, it looks different. It's different for both of our marriages. Like it comes more natural to them, like from an outsider looking in. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's like, we have to like talk about it. And if he's going to go play golf, on a random afternoon, I like have to kind of be mentally prepared, which sounds stupid, Mm-mm. but you know, I need to know, like, I don't, I don't know. His schedule changes a lot anyway, but if I think, oh, you're actually going to be home and then I don't know, I'm just rambling now, but no, because I agree with that. Like, I don't feel selfish. I'm like, I need to out of this house. Like, especially right now, help <laughs> me. I need out of this house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no I, I agree see it's cool this is why I like having a conversation with two other police wives right is because I'm I'm a lot like you Mary is um you know my husband and I we've always done everything together right and so like when he needs like some time to go and like do his thing right and and I have to be mentally prepared for that otherwise I'm like oh 
well, well, we aren't spending the day together. Like, what the fuck do you mean we're not spending the day together? Fucking course we're spending the day together. Like, you're an asshole, right? But, and believe me, we've had many of those like <laughs> discussions. But when I take a step back and like we, and I think about it, it's like, oh no, he wasn't like trying to be a dink. He was working through some shit in his head and he just didn't want to like bring me into that. And he just wanted to go, like you said, go fishing or go do his thing for the day or even just a couple hours. But I think sometimes as a spouse, we take that shit really personally that, you know, Becky, it kind of sounds like you don't, which is amazing. It took me a long time not to take it personally, but even because we both work the job together. Right. And so I'm like, I, I would take that shit personally because as a woman, one thing that I'm really, really good at is just I've always been really good at like just setting the suitcase down from work. Like I just set it down and like forget about it. I don't decompression time is like I'm just going to go clean. You know what I mean? Or I'm going to make a meal. Or I'm going to bake some cupcakes just so that I can just focus on that thing. But I didn't need to be away from him. I didn't need to be away from people. Right. But I think, you know, some of us just cope different. And I think as a spouse. Sometimes it can be really hard not to take that personally, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so let me ask you guys, have you like, have you guys ever like, do you guys have any like police wife friends or anything like that, that have like really got kind of caught up in like, like you've seen like their husbands get caught up in the negativity and then it like bleeds out to the wives and they're like friggin' PD, blah, blah, blah. And then what? Like, what does that do for the spouse? He's negative. She's just pouring more gasoline onto that fire. He can't get any reprieve. Do you ever see any of that? So, um, I won't say the agency, but uh, where we lived before, there were tons of federal agencies and we all hung out together um, because everybody that lived there pretty much um, was transferred in there. And so you kind of clung to each other. And, uh, but there, there was one agency that you, you saw a lot of fighting within it. And yeah, that went over. Now everybody hung out with each other. Everybody's like barbecuing all the time. It was a little town. There's nothing to do. Um, but we were all friends. So, but yeah, I, I know that the pressure and the stress does bleed over into other things but i don't think from the wives perspective that that necessarily changed friendships Mm. also i like that but what about now let me ask you this though but what do you think about the wives being negative like pouring like just right because like we're negative if we hear that they're coming home and like they're all pissed off right like i've been around a lot of spouses who don't even know what they're talking about or all they know what they're talking about is what their husband says, which is fine, right? Because that's what we—that's all we know. I mean, unless you're on the job. But my question is, like, just to go back to that is like, but do you think that them being? How do you think for a spouse listening? How do you think that like? How do you balance that, right? Like, how do you not be the gasoline that's being poured on the fire? How do you not feed into that? Because I have to say that I think this is a huge problem. I was saying this today on my on my free resiliency training I was giving is that you've got to be a damn good spouse. If your officer is going to survive and be a damn good officer, you have got to learn how to be a damn good spouse because you can really, really agitate and really be the fuel to this fire if you don't know how to put it out. And so, like, what do you what would you give for advice or what would you say or what's your opinion on that? That 
makes me think of um, Adam Davis. Do you know Adam yeah. Davis? Yeah. Yeah. He, we just interviewed him a few weeks ago, and he we asked him that question, like, what advice would you have? Like, what would what do officers need from their spouses? And he said just to love them well, I think is, were his words. And it, like, it, your question made me think of that because he said the wives have a lot of power. And he goes, the wives don't realize how powerful they are because you can change, you know, the direction. I, he gave this example of him walking in really frustrated, had a bad day. And his wife was like, hey, get your head up, like, get out of that. You know, I don't really know exactly what she said, but essentially like, you're fine. It's going to be okay. You know, and, and she knows her husband the best. So she knows what works for him. But it just makes me think, you know, advice. I don't know that I have great advice for wives, but we do have a lot of power and not in a like cocky, conceited way, but like, you know, I'm, my husband and I are a team and I want him to succeed. I want him to do well in every area of life. So, you know, I'm going to try to bring him up when he's down about whatever it is he's down about, Mm -hmm. you know, and now if your marriage is in a place where maybe it's not the best it's been, or you're having some trouble, you know, I think that's when you would want to go to counseling. Now I'm going off on a totally different tangent, but no, I like that. It's good. Uh, you know, it's easy to say that. I just made me think this, like if you're in a healthy, good marriage, you know, love them well, be their cheerleader. You have the power, but what about the marriages that kind of frankly suck right now for whatever reason? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know you know, if it's infidelity or just communication or kids or life or whatever, but that's when it'd be like, go to counseling, like fight for your marriage because you can get to that place where your wife can love you well, or your husband can love the wife. Well, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm rambling now. I don't even know what made me start saying that, but yeah. I love it though. And I think it's true. I I I have a lot of not. Go ahead. You have a lot of what? So I was going to say, I have um, a lot of friends, not in law enforcement, but that are struggling in different areas in their marriage right now. And it just makes me feel for them because um, it's not easy for them to talk to their husbands or to cheer their husbands up right now. They don't want to hang out with them. Like how we're saying, Autumn, want to do stuff together. They don't want to, you know, and that makes me sad, but I know that's reality. See, that makes me sad and it makes, I can't imagine that. That's the thing. For me, I just can't imagine that. And so it, it, that's why I want to have conversations like this because it it is reality and it is a reason why we have officers, you know, we have officers, you know, really depressed and really struggling. Right. And I can just say that like from being an officer, the job will just pour salt in that wound. Right. Because as you know, when you come home, you're just exhausted. The last thing you want to do is put anything into your friggin' marriage. I know that. I do know that. I know how hard that can be. I, but I also know how important a wife's role is. And I love Adam Davis. He was actually on our podcast a couple episodes ago. And so he's, he's really great. And I love that you referenced him. And, um, and so, you know, what is important? And I just want every person listening to this spouse, because if you're a spouse of anybody, 
male, female, doesn't matter. I just want you to hear me. And this goes to my officers as well. Is We just have so much power and influence in our own relationships on our spouses. And I think that we don't, I don't, I think that we just take it all for granted. You know, you really highlighted a really great point as, you know, and, and it was really interesting. So my husband, um, he's accomplished a lot in a very short amount of time, very short career. He's been very successful. Um, four times trooper of the troop, trooper of the year, canine of the year. And yes, I will brag about it because nobody understands what it's like to live with somebody who was gone 24 seven. Okay. <laughs> Cause he's been out there killing it. I mean, you guys, you, you ladies know, but like, you know, non-police spouses, like they don't get it. And so, but what I can say is his, has taken a very strong wife to be able to build that up. Right. Cause when he comes home and he's in a mind fuck, I quickly, have to get him out of that because if I don't, he will not be successful. He will not be as successful as he wants to be. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I just I just think that's really really important. I think it's a great. I think it's a wonderful thing to highlight. Um, and I really appreciate what you said. And I and I think that even if you're not in law enforcement, like what you were saying about like the wives and the relationships, like I just I can't imagine it. But I think that what everybody needs to understand, listening, that you have so much power in all relationships and you have so much influence. And I think that what happens with people is they, they lose, they forget that how much significance they have in their lives and they forget how significant they really are to other people. Um, and, and that's when we start going downhill. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Ladies, what, what would you like to leave? Um, I, I call, I still call everybody Sheepdog Nation. It's not the name of my podcast, but um, what would you like to leave Sheepdog Nation with as wives? What could you give them for a little advice from your perspective? What I would say is that in marriage, you're asking advice from us for wives, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what you're asking. Okay. Yeah. I would say there's going to be a lot of bad days. There's going to be a lot of good days and most are going to be in between that. Did it cut out? You're good. You're good. So I would say just keep fighting for your marriage on the bad days, the good days, and the in-between days because it is worth it. And that person is supposed to be with you forever, right? I know Mm -hmm. that's not always the case, but um, isn't the case for you. I would say seek out a counselor or if you need medicine, ladies, I mean, I had babies and went freaking psycho so there is no shame in my game of getting on anxiety meds because I just was in my head thinking I would rather be a good mom and good wife than just a happier person Mm. you know than not and then be screaming and mad and frustrated all the time and so if you need the help go to counseling get on meds you know do the work to make your life, to make your marriage better, to, you know. Absolutely. And show up for yourself. I love that. Now, Becky, listen, do you, ha- do you have a whole thing? Do you have a whole thing out in your head? Because I have a whole different question for you, but go ahead. I'm pretty short. I was just going to say, and it sounds so cliche, but mine is really just for sheep dogs, whoever, is just knowing your spouse, knowing what they need when they need it. And communicating, communicating, communicating. I have a tendency to put thoughts in my husband's head. So if he tells me something, I need to take that at face value. Like that is what he said. And that's how he feels right now. 
mm-hmm. right? Not turn it into all these other things that I think in my head, mm-hmm. right? I turn what he has said into something else. Yep. So being honest with each other, boundaries, communication, like all of those things are so important. I love that. Now, can you tell us the engagement story in the gas station, please? <laughs> so, uh, so my husband was married before. Um, he, like I said, he's in the army, and they have a tendency to get married. They get married. Yeah, we know that. <laughs> it's true. So he got married from um, the time he was 21 to 23. And so I met him when he was 26, and I was 23. And uh, he was like, meh, never going to get married. And I'm like what the hell am I doing with this guy? Like, that's not my end game. I want to get married. Mm-hmm. So we dated for like uh, two years. And that's when I started getting really antsy. I was like, uh-uh, I am not going to be dating you for eight years. And then we have some courthouse marriage because I'm too embarrassed to go. No, I want the whole nine. I want the big wedding. I want it all. And yeah. not forever. And uh, he, at one point had made he was like, Mary was in on all of this. I thought it was going to happen. He had this big surprise night for me. So I got dressed up, almost had my hair and makeup done. This was back in the day. I couldn't afford that. And he surprised me. He's like, hey. And we drove to another city. It was to go see Seinfeld. And so that was not my engagement night. So I was pissed. And this was like his glory days. Like he was so happy about this. Anyway, so we had been at my dad's house. My dad um, lives out of state. And so we'd been at his house. He'd asked for my hand in marriage um, to my dad. And while we were driving back, I asked him to pull over so I could get some magazines. This is before social media. And when I came out, he said he was on the other side of the car. And he was, he was like, oh, my gosh, we've got a nail in the tire. And he said, looking back, he should have said, I don't, there's a rock in the tire. Because, you know, like a rock. Get it. And uh, I was like, what? No, we're never going to get home. And so I went over to the other side of the car and he was down on one knee proposing. Oh. Aww. Like, a guy pulls up maybe 60 seconds after to use the payphone because people are still using payphones then. So like oblivious to what's just happened. Oh, that's so sweet. I love that. Love it. I have no idea why there or what the deal was. We'd been at Biltmore House too. Like, I don't know if anybody knows what that is, but like, would have been a pretty amazing in North Carolina. Would have been a fairly amazing place for Pose. But whatever, gas station, Biltmore House, same thing. It's always, it's always reminded me. Did you watch the Office? The Office. The Office. No, I've never seen it. Oh, you stop. No. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm, I'll have to watch it. It's on Netflix. That's you need to go watch it. But Jim and Pam get engaged. It's always reminded me of that. They got engaged at a gas station. But Mary has a big crush on Jim. That's like her number one. That's like her oh, chief. Right? Really? From the office. Like not John Krasinski. What's his last name? Krasinski? It's it's Jim. Okay. I can relate yeah, to that. John Krasinski, yeah. He's So let me ask you this. Have you ever seen Heart of Dixie? No. Girls. Girls. <laughs> Where have you been? It is on Netflix. It has 75 episodes of pure amazingness and is based out of Alabama, Mobile, Alabama. 
Well, it's actually based out of like Bluebell, which doesn't exist. You need to watch it. I'm telling you, it's amazing. So I'll watch The Office if you guys will watch Heart of, Heart of Dixie. It's, I'll start it and get back with you. Yeah, so good. I loved it. Like when it when it ended, I cried. That's like oh. how. It's like I'm so. Good. It's, not, <laughs> it's not a cop thing. It's a total chick flick. <laughs> I loved it. Well, thank you, ladies, for coming on. It's so fun. I love you guys because you guys are so funny and so off the cuff. And like, there's going to be for everybody listening. I'm going to be attempting to edit the fuck out of this. And uh, <laughs> and so we're just gonna, oh, I'm so sorry. We're just going to see how that goes. But no, this is how I like it. I like it ra- real and fucking raw. This is how it is. So she got so many pearls of wisdom too tonight. She was dropping some bombs, like great stuff. And it would just cut out halfway through. I'm so sorry. Well, I was going to walk through my house into my room, but then I thought that would mess up sound. And I was like, oh, crap. I'm just going to sit here and pray that it doesn't like go out on me. But it did, I guess. I I honestly think it just adds to the show. I think it's fucking hilarious. And it makes me, this is what's going to make people want (laughs) to head over to your podcast because I hope it's funny. Make make episodes funny as this shit because you guys are hilarious. (laughs) I I love how you like even each other out. we do we we can yeah and then i know exactly what becky's gonna say like when i call her after this and be like how did you think it went <laughs> we you do yeah. no and that's why the tv show would be it'd be so awesome because like i wish everybody could see how many times becky's like pointing at mary like go go <laughs> okay you want to know a really quick funny story yeah it'll probably like cut out on me again before season three our season three launched a few months ago we got a random email from someone from bravo or e oh my gosh i totally forgot about this she said she was they were pitching a reality show for it fucking cuts out no what is going on oh it cut out again okay you know so she's pitching a reality show. She calls us. We're on a three-way call because we're like, we got to evenly represent this, right? And she starts asking us all these questions and slowly you feel her kind of like questions get more silent in between the answers. And you're like, all right, I feel like she's slowly losing interest here. And she's like, okay, well, we'll have to call you back is basically how it ended. And if anyone's wondering if we've been called back or not, we have not. <laughs> what was the pitch for? Well, it was for a reality show for women that follow their passion. And she was like, I love that y'all are law enforcement wives and you do a podcast about it and you're best friends. And she was so into us. And then she was like, now, do y'all record your podcast in the same room? or?" And we were like, well, we don't live in the same city. And she was like, Oh, and then she that's when she was like yeah okay well we'll call you back if we're interested but at first she was like she's so, so into it so be looking for some reality show in like the next I year mean, you know, maybe it would have been like the maybe they were looking for like the next tiger king they were like, they were and, and, <laughs> and mean, listen that white trash at this point i don't think you guys you guys, i don't know i think you guys will still i think you guys totally have a shot of having your own reality show you guys would be hilarious hilarious listen sheepdog nation this has been fun ladies it's been real if you want to check out their podcast it's in the show notes tell me what again what it is mary blue wife life podcast 
go check them out. They're fun. Obviously, they're hilarious. Ladies, thank you very much. Hoop Dog Nation. I'll see you next time.